Historically and today, our country has been overrun by those with money and power, giving little voice to the everyday American. We're here to change that. Welcome to All Rise, the Libertarian Way with retired Judge Jim Gray. Each week, our program addresses the problems we are facing in our country, as well as thought-provoking and effective libertarian solutions. This could change the way you see opportunities in your life and your children's lives as well. Now, here is Judge Jim Gray. Well, hello and welcome wherever you are in our great country and around the world. We do have listeners in various other countries, uh, certainly including Ireland, but that makes no surprise to me because Ireland probably has the strongest uh, economy around the world because they're employing libertarian values and getting smaller government less intrusive. But this is Judge Jim Gray on the Voice America Variety Channel. I'm always excited, happy to be with you to share ideas on All Rise with the idea that if we employ libertarian values, libertarian approaches, like we're going to discuss here with our with our guest uh, Hassam Ailush, but but we will all rise together. There, I can tell you that in my lifetime. When John Kennedy was shot, President Kennedy was shot, it was just a life-changing, country-changing event. The other one that happened in my lifetime was 9-11 of 2001 uh, with regard to the attacks on the uh, World Trade Center, etc. And and it, it, we still bear the scars from that. It just Life is not the same. And in so many ways, uh, we have turned upon the people in our country who are Muslim. And, and it's just simply wrong. We've talked about this in past to All Rise episodes. And today we have the head of the CARE, which is the a force for good in our in our society. It's the Council on American Islamic Relations, and we have the head of that in California, Hassam Alush, my 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 friend, A Y L O U S H. So, what is CARE? Because I have been present when people say, "Oh, CARE, it's a terrorist organization." And candidly, uh, and, and we'll bring this up a little later as we go. But when you attend their functions and their fundraisers, whatever, it is institutionalized that people give money anonymously. That that's just pretty much the way it happens in that society, which is certainly commendable. But I didn't do that. I broke that tradition. I gave them some money, and I did it as publicly as I could because I then said. If CARE is considered to be a terrorist organization, I want to be known as a member of CARE because they are a force for good. In fact, the, the theme of this meeting today in our interview is CARE, again, that's Council on American Islamic Relations, is a force for good. Uh, what does it do? Well, you know, their vision is to be a leading advocate for justice and neutral understanding mutual understanding of what could be wrong with that. And they put this into play. So without my going into this so much, Hassam, welcome. Thank you for being with, with us here on All Rise. And tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, if you would, so we can, un we can know Hassam Ailush better. Thank you. Uh, well, sure thing. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. And I say greetings to you and to all the listeners all around the world, including the ones in Ireland. It's a pleasure yeah. to be on the show. Uh, certainly, I, I, my name is Hussam uh, Eilush, and I work for CARE, which stands for the Council on American Islamic Relations. CARE was founded in 1994, June of 1994. So this year, we're celebrating 25 years of CARE's work and service uh, to America, to the American Muslim community. Uh, it, it was established 
as an attempt to have a voice for the six million American Muslims in our country, a chance to enhance the understanding of Islam, educate the public about who the Muslims are and what are their contributions, protect the civil rights and civil liberties uh, of all people in America, including American Muslims, and build coalitions that promote justice. That's an important part of the work that we do. Uh, and, and certainly, uh, by doing that, when you when you stand for justice, you that means you usually uh, stand against injustice. You challenge a status quo, uh, status quo of injustice that makes some people unhappy, and that leads them to calling you names. Uh, in the past, that used to be uh, a, a trope thrown at uh, people who s- s- strived for uh, civil rights, and they would be called communists, they would be called traitors, they would be called whatever it is. Now the new trope targeting Muslims, of course, is being terrorists, unfortunately. So we're in good company with the NAACP, Dr. King, and many others uh, who have been targeted for the work uh, on the, for equality. Um, personally, uh, as uh, myself, I actually uh, I'm an immigrant. I came from Lebanon. My parents are were born in Syria, uh, of, of also some Turkish origin, so a lot of mix, mixture there. Uh, I came to the U.S. 30 years ago, so this year is actually 30 years for me. Uh, went to Texas to study aerospace engineering. I finished my uh, degree there from the University University of Texas in Austin uh, with aerospace engineering. I came to California because that's the place to be uh, for aerospace engineers and for anyone seeking a good weather. Uh, <laughs> certainly came here, worked in the field for five years uh, while volunteering. Uh, with the community, various community work, interfaith work for the most part, some civic engagement work, until I heard about CARE in 1994-95. And I was very impressed by the professionalism uh, by which this organization conducted itself. So I, I started volunteering for them, served on their board, helped start the local chapter in L.A. area, and eventually uh, I was asked by the, by the board to take on the position of an executive director, and I, I was glad I did that back in 1998, so that was 21 years ago. And the rest is history. We'll ho- hopefully talk about it today. Indeed so. You know, you are just the exemplification, Hassam, of people, of immigrants coming here, striving here to live the American dream. That, that's what you have been doing. That's what you are doing. And we're so much the better for it. it, it just, it's just a marvelous thing. We've, we've always been a country of immigrants. Uh, how did you find the adjustment when you came over from Lebanon uh, uh, 25 years ago, to, or 30 years ago, I guess, uh, to, to life in the United States? And, and uh, how well were you received? Sure. I mean, I'll have to be very honest. And I would say when I came, I was, this was not something I was thrilled about. My parents sent me because there was a civil war in Lebanon. Yeah. Uh, I did have relatives who lived here in the U.S. who have been here for many years. So they felt this is the best way to kind of preserve uh, my future uh, by sending me to the U.S. I had, I had good grades back in Lebanon, so I finished high school, uh, came here reluctantly because I had a lot of misgivings about what America stood for. Uh, I didn't like America because of the U.S. foreign policy in that region, um, including in, in Lebanon. Uh, when I first came in, you know, God sent me to Texas, one of the warmest places for people, I guess, not, not weather-like, you know, in addition to the weather, I guess. Very welcoming people. Yes, there was a lot of uh, misinformation or lack of information about who Muslims or Arabs might be. Uh, 
But I have to say, I was, I was, I mean, I stayed as a guest at uh, some family's home in Austin. Uh, you know, the people who were actually neighbors uh, to Willie Nelson. So that was my introduction to him in Austin. And uh, I, I was embraced. I was welcomed with such warmth uh, that immediately I felt like, oh, my God, this is not the America that I watch on the news. Uh, and I fell in love with the country. I, 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 I truly fell in love with people, fell in love with the freedoms uh, that, that the, the Constitution provides to all people, including myself, who was an immigrant, who was not a U.S. citizen. I was a student on a visa, planning to go back at one point. Uh, the more I engage with people, the more I realize that, you know, there's a huge gap on both sides. People in the, in the Middle East, people in what's known as the uh, maybe Muslim-majority countries, who have no clue uh, about the kindness uh, that people in America have, about the great values that we, we, we are driven by the Constitution and, and, the, and the values and freedoms and rights that it provides. And on the other hand, here in America, there was a lot of misunderstanding, uh, misperceptions about who Muslims are. So I don't know. I, mean, I'm, I'm, I know it sounds like a cliche, but I did feel that maybe this was my calling. Um, somehow, uh, it got uh, strengthened when I met my wife. Uh, my wife, who is from Texas, who is happens to be a, a Texan-born of Mexican origin. Her parents are immigrants from Mexico. Uh, we we met in Austin. We got married, and eventually, uh, uh, you know, obviously, I fell fell in love with the country and fell in love with somebody <laughs> from the country. So stayed here. Uh, of course, I decided to make America my home. I adopted America the way I felt fellow Americans adopted me. Uh, and this is not to say we didn't face challenges. This is not to say that every person is great. You know, like any other country, any other place, you have the good and the bad. But overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, my experience continues to be one uh, that, that is to be celebrated because of the goodness that I've, that I've experienced from people around. I just wish more people could hear this this explanation because it's it's what makes America great and we are a welcoming people and we've been benefited so much. I, I happen to be fortunate to be born here. I happen to think that people that have chosen one way or the other to come and to stay in America appreciate it a great deal more, which brings me into a real concern of mine, uh, Hassam, and that is that actually I've just written a musical about the Constitutional Convention. So I'm really aware of the founders. And they said to a person, to a man, they were all men, that the most important function of government is safeguarding our freedoms from the encroachment of government. The second most important was security. So I fear that we in our country now, our government is going closer to those rather totalitarian states that many immigrants free, flee from. And they're the ones that see that our, our, our freedoms are, are under attack, uh, certainly with the so-called Patriot Act after 9-11. Uh, it's just a direct fundamental frontal assault on our civil liberties. Ha have you seen our government changing in the 30 years that you have been here with regard to uh, an encroachment of our freedoms? Absolutely, and, un and unfortunately so. Uh, yes, uh, maybe before, before the, the terrorist attacks of 9-11, most people didn't know much about Islam. Maybe there was a level I mean, let's face it, uh, there's a level of racism that unfortunately uh, exists in many segments around the country. Uh, and that is xenophobia. People fear immigrants, fear, fear people who are different in religion, 
skin color, nationality, accent. And this is not something unique to America. Unfortunately, this is a human nature that's a bad human nature that we need to continue to address it. Uh, but in America, we've had a long history from the time we've targeted Native Americans, African Americans, you know, black slaves from, from Africa, uh, Catholics, Irish, Italians, uh, Jews, uh, uh, Asian Americans, Japanese Chinese, Americans, yes. Chinese, you know, I mean, we've had a long history and we'll continue to try to improve ourselves as a nation. And that's why it's important to continue to be engaged because we're not a perfect nation. We, we certainly were set up and built on great values, but these values don't self-activate. This constitution needs constant defense and, 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 and advocacy on its behalf by people who, are, who care about those rights. Uh, so American Muslims faced a similar type of xenophobia, people who didn't know who these Muslims are, what, what do they worship. They didn't know that we share so much commonalities, whether it's from the theology to the values, but, you know, what you don't know, you know, you fear what you don't know. 9-11, unfortunately, uh, was a trigger uh, that allowed for this, uh, uh, this fear and this uh, misinformation and this uh, ignorance uh, to be exploited by people with agenda, an agenda of fear and, and, and bigotry. Uh, basically, what happened, suddenly we, we moved from, from the uh, culture or the climate of worry and anxiety of who these people are now to seeing Muslims as an enemy by, by government uh, and government agencies and sometimes, you know, media pundits and uh, as well as politicians. Certainly, uh, Muslims were blamed, American Muslims were blamed for something they had absolutely nothing to do with, something that they were victimized for as Americans. I was victimized when my, my own country is attacked, when my neighbors, my, my fellow Americans are killed by terrorists. I am I'm violated. I feel threatened. But I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to, to, to mourn because I was told by some Americans that you're not good enough to mourn with us because you, you look, you sound like the, the, the people who attacked us. So basically, I was actually treated with suspicion myself, meaning my family, my, uh, my community, American Muslims. And, and we were doubly victimized in that sense. Uh, the way Japanese Americans after the Pearl Harbor attack were targeted incarcerated, wrongly targeted uh, for the act by a foreign government. So uh, that created a whole different challenge for us, a challenge to deal with uh, a growing political as well as policy injustices. Patriot Act, as you mentioned, was, was something in specific, and we're still dealing with the impact of the Patriot Act until today, with you know, the watch list, the terrorist or terrorism watch list that exists today. Well, and Hassan, we have to deal with the public. A public that actually now is fearful of Muslims uh, is, uh, you know, we have to deal with this growing phenomenon of, of, of Islamophobia. And Islamophobia is not just the irrational fear of Islam. We're talking about something similar to the ugliness of, of anti-Semitism, which leads to discrimination, that leads to bullying, leads to hate incidents, hate crimes that we'll continue to deal with. And we see it rising everyone's. Every once in a while, when, when politicians, including presidents, fuel this ignorance uh, with the rhetoric. Well, Hassam Ailush, as an American, I apologize to you and Muslims and, and others that have received this. I've seen it. It's just simply not who we are. Fear is a real worker, and 
There are those out there that intentionally stoke the flames of fear for their own selfish purposes or just out of ignorance. But you're, you're right. It is human nature, I think, in all of us and all human beings to be look askance at people that are not like me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 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 better. You're not. And, of course, I think all human beings have that, and it's up to all of us to realize that and, of course, to sublimate it, to, to keep it down because it's simply not right. Uh, we, we have lots of people. In fact, I am proud to say I was in Charleston, South Carolina uh, not very long ago, and I saw lots of mixed racial couples just walking hand in hand. And, and I thought that, you know, that's just really great. And, and that's with one human being bonding with another human being like you have with your wife, by the way, it sure is wonderful to find a good woman, is it not? But, but mm-hmm. uh, these, are, these are simply universal perceptions that we simply have to be aware of, educate about, and, and uh, act accordingly. So again, please accept my apology. Uh, tell well, me. I want to say, say, Judge, Thank you for the sentiment, but I certainly don't expect you, and you, you have absolutely no reason to apologize. We're all in it together. We are, we're all struggling for a better America. And, and you know, if you're going to apologize, we all apologize for the wrong that has come up out of our country and fellow Americans. But absolutely, we, we, we're not responsible, and certainly you're not responsible, specifically thank, not you. Thank you for that. Th- thank you for that, indeed. We all do what we can. Uh, 9-11, like we said at the beginning, did change our country. Uh, how were you treated expressly after 9-11? Can you think of any incidents that, that occurred to you? Uh, we had Dr. Siddiqui earlier as a guest on this show, and I know that you know him truly, a scholar, truly truly a man of peace and a man of God. But I asked him if he suffered some indignities, particularly at airports, and uh, of all people. And he said, oh, yes, H- have you as well? Absolutely. And and I have to to say, probably, it is safe to say that the overwhelming majority of prominent Muslim activists, leaders, imams, religious leaders, are subjected to this uh, secondary treatment or check uh, at at the airport. We know it's it's commonly known within the Muslim community as flying while Muslim. Uh, You know, uh, something similar to what our brothers and sisters in the African-American community face driving while black. Uh, and you could only imagine if, if this black person is Muslim and, you know, what they face while driving <laughs> or flying. <laughs> That's right. uh, but, you know, for us, it's, it has become almost the norm where, where we have to get to the airport early, knowing that it's going to take longer to pass through the, the security checkpoints, uh, the mistreatment, the questions we get when we're coming back. Uh, I've literally been asked, do you know where Osama bin Laden is? Oh, I've been asked. Yeah, I've been asked on my trips back from from Europe, from France, from Turkey. Uh, you know, have you met with any terrorists? Do you think there were any terrorists among the people you met with? Uh, you know, if I said I visited my my relatives, they would say who drove the cars. Think things like people who are, who travel. We, we we get reports of these on a daily basis nationwide at care. People who are asked usually. Do you consider yourself a devout Muslim? How many times do you pray? Which oh. mosque? Uh, things that are obviously not, 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 not acceptable, and we, we train people on how to deal with these uh, matters professionally and then make sure you talk to a supervisor and file a report. Uh, fortunately, uh, about two weeks ago, uh, a lawsuit that was filed by CARE challenging this known, what's known as the, the terrorist watch list on which over 1.2 million Americans 
are placed, and and that's that has been the main reason why we get mistreated at the airport. Fortunately, a federal judge ruled about two, three weeks ago that this list is unconstitutional. Agreed with CARES lawsuit and now forced the government, requested the government to work with CARE on improving the system and, 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 and the process. We hope that this would lead uh, to some uh, improvement in the treatment of how Muslims travel in America. Uh, other incidents that we faced, uh, your neighbors sometimes, uh, we, we had to move out from a place because one of our neighbors somehow thought my, my wife and myself are are unwanted, maybe suspects or terrorists, and tried to actually burn down the apartment where we lived, oh, uh, which is kind of ironic because he was next door. <laughs> it would have impacted him too. Uh, but but this was an incident that we had to deal with. Uh, other than that, I have to say, a lot of what I'm dealing with is, is, is uh, subtle looks that you deal with. You know, when, when, when you have government agencies... Uh, from the FBI to CBP, the, the, the DHS, basically, uh, agencies uh, mistreating us at the airport, the FBI coming to American Muslims, including me, uh, to, to ask uh, questions that are almost like, almost assuming that just being a Muslim, somehow you have links or knowledge of terrorists. Uh, it's almost like going to a, a white person and, and asking them to report on, or, on, on the KKK or asking a visiting an Italian-American, say, hey, can you tell us more about the, the mafia? Uh, or going to a, a Mexican-American or Latino uh, person and say, hey, tell us more about gangs in, in, in L.A. or something. Sure. I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, and, and unfortunately, this is part of what we're dealing with. What is more important is, is not what I'm dealing with, because I might be privileged because I live in an area where uh, I have you know, I have a job that allows me to know my rights and, and be associated with people who, if I'm in trouble, I know I can pick up the phone and talk to a member of Congress. I can talk to Jim Gray and say, hey, judge, can you help me with ideas? What do you think I can do? So I have those privileges where I can consult and seek advice from respected people like yourself. Many people don't have this privilege. And these are the people we, we, we deal with at CARE, where they come to us with cases where their children are being bullied. We uh, care uh, uh, publishes a report every two years. We're, we're about to publish the more the most recent one in, in a week, dealing with school bullying of American Muslim students in public high schools in California. The study has shown the the latest study from two years ago that 54 percent of Muslim youth or high schoolers in, in in California public schools are subjected to some form of physical or verbal bullying. You know, people being called, are you a terrorist? Ladies have their hijab, their head scarf being pulled off their head, and so on and so forth. So the list goes on and on. I don't, you know, the American Muslim community refuses to be victimized. So I, this is not a, an attempt to, to feel victimized. This is of not course. a time to, to seek sympathy. No, this is, this is something that I could bet many other communities are facing in one degree or the other. Women in our country, young people, uh, uh, Jewish Americans, Catholics, Mormons, and so on and so forth. The key is for us to get together and make sure this doesn't happen to anybody at all. Yes. Well, I, in preparation for our discussion today, looked at your website, and it said that CARE's mission is, quote, to enhance the understanding of Islam, protect criminal civil rights, promote justice, and empower American Muslims. And it goes on to say that they 
want to protect the civil rights of all Americans, regardless of faith, which is what you're saying. And we're all in this together. And, and uh, by the way, people don't, don't focus so much on this, but remember those barbaric killings in New Zealand where some radical, somebody that's, that's lost his head, uh, actually killed, shot and killed numbers of Muslims just because, just because they're Muslims. So it's not at all limited by one group or another, but uh, this is simply happening. You also said, Hassam, something that, that uh, reminded me that I should again mention, that we have a website. It's called www project understanding with pro hyphen ject understanding all one word dot com and it focuses with really excellent scholars religious practitioners and scholars about the commonality among the world's great religions and the one that just when i when i heard this and started focusing on it the one that just hit me over the head was you know both muslims and jews and christians all trace their god back to the god of abraham i mean it's the same god talk about a commonality but we're we're all in this together just like you were saying and and uh, what other what what other missions tell us a little more we have to, just a minute or two before we take a break but uh, tell us a little more about the mission of care because you're you're helping this for all of us i think the the most important thing that i take a lot of pride in is is the building of coalitions that address injustices targeting any community because as you alluded to and as as you spoke about it's really not about one community or the other. It's either all of us are feeling safe or not, because the quality of life, the quality of our country goes down when any community feels targeted or unsafe. As Dr. King said, uh, you know, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And it's true. So if, if my friends, my neighbors, my Jewish neighbor, my Catholic neighbor, my LGBT member neighbor is not feeling safe, is, is they're feeling targeted because of who they are, then you know what? Chances are, whoever is targeting that neighbor is eventually going to target me, my children, my wife, my, my friends, my community within the Muslim community. So it is about challenging that injustice, whether at a, at a level of policy, and that's why we work with so many uh, civil rights, human rights, immigrant rights groups uh, throughout the country and in, in California to ensure the safety, the rights of immigrants, safety and rights of all minorities, ensuring protection from the abuse of power by government. Uh, uh, government is a very, has, plays a very important role, uh, but also uh, uh, people play an important role in, in keeping check on government. We, we are the force that, that holds our government accountable, especially when it crosses the line. And we're seeing a lot of crossing of lines these days. Uh, a main well, area we're focusing on is the rights of migrants who come to our country. People, uh, many people in America have not had the chance to travel outside of America. And if they did, they've traveled as tourists. They've never had, very few have had to deal with living under uh, uh, dire situations, war, warfare, yeah. poverty, civil war. And unless somebody has done so, they don't know what it takes for somebody to leave everything behind them, leave their loved what? ones, their parents, their jobs, uh, and seek safety for themselves and their loved one in another and their way of And their way of life. Care is there for and all of us. Thank you. We're going to come back just after a message. Hossam Ailush, head, the executive director of Council of America, American Islamic Relations here in California. But they are there. Care is there for all of us. I call this care a force for good, and it's just being exemplified by what you were doing. We're going to continue this, this discussion, uh, and it's so important for all of us to focus upon and understand, but we'll be back to do that after these words. Mm-hmm. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Libertarian Party is the third largest political party in the United States, and it's more successful than ever. We don't just talk the talk of individual liberty and free markets. We also walk the walk. Libertarian Party candidates are getting elected to office across the United States, and we are making a difference. The Libertarian Party is also the only third party that routinely has ballot access in every state. Our achievements and influence grow every year, and you can be part of that success. You can register as a Libertarian Party voter in your state to help us achieve easier ballot access. You can also visit lp.org today to become a member of the Libertarian Party, no matter which party you register with. Join the Libertarian Party today at lp.org. Together, we can move mountains. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to All Rise, the Libertarian Way with retired Judge Jim Gray. To find out more about Judge Gray, visit JudgeJimGray.com. That's JudgeJimGray.com. Now, back to All Rise. Well, welcome back. After those good words, this is Judge Jim Gray with my really wonderful guest, uh, Hassam Ailush, the Executive Director of Council of American Islamic Relations, or otherwise known by the acronym as CARE. Uh, to give deference again to my wife, she says that I've got to throw in a little humor here or a witty comment that uh, I keep probing to see if I can come up with any, but ah, okay. Uh, Hassam, do you know the difference between a raven and a crow? I, I'm sure this is on your mind, but uh, what is the difference between a raven and a crow? And the answer is that a raven is somewhat larger, so it has five pinion feathers in its tail, and a crow being somewhat smaller only has four pinion feathers in its tail. So as we would say, the difference between a raven and a crow is a matter of opinion. <laughs> At any rate, that's that's where we go. It can only get better from here. But but welcome back. Uh, we're, we're talking about numbers of things here. And again, please, if you haven't, go to the website uh, Project Understanding with a hyphen between pro and ject, projectunderstanding.com, and see the commonalities of the world's great religions that and spread that word around our country and around the world. Hassam was also saying that we Americans are somewhat shielded. We're a, we're a big country. We have two oceans or ponds to divide us, to keep us away from, from the developments in other countries. So that I would frequently ask the question, well, what do you call a person that speaks three languages? And the answer is trilingual. Okay, what do you call a person that speaks two languages? And the answer is bilingual. And okay, what do you call a person that speaks one language? And the answer is American. And I think that pretty much that that is, is accurate, that we are sheltered and shielded because we're so large and, and so uh, 
have those those two uh, big oceans, but but we need to understand what life is like more in other countries. And imagine, just imagine being in Syria with the civil war on a continual basis, and your your safety is always being threatened. So you you pick up as best you can with your children, your family, and 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 move to a foreign land. I mean, how hard would that be? And and you don't speak the language, and you don't have background in the culture. We need to not only simplify but we need to empower people like that because they're here. They've already gone through a, a, a test, a screening process that it takes a great deal of industry and courage uh, and forthrightness to be able to come to a, a new country like this. They're making us great, just like Hassam Ailash is uh, making us great. And the last thing before I come back, and I'll ask you more, Hassam, about more current events because 9-11 just well in fact well, I'll go back to one that, that I was aware that after the Patriot Act so-called Patriot Act was was uh, passed that the United States government started revoking visas of Muslims here and and I did what I could to, to my own small way to try to keep that from happening but but take us back in that period of time uh, and how the government ended up looking at our Muslim friends and, and compatriots differently. Did, did, did you see that night and day type of activity back then, Hassam? The, pa- the Patriot Act, which was a huge uh, legislation with, with a lot of changes impacting due process and impacting how we treat Americans and people in America, was passed by Congress. I've spoken to many members of Congress who admitted to me that they've barely skimmed through it. They didn't have the time because it was a, a time of passion, a, pa- a time of fear. They, they were being pressured by the Bush administration at that time, you know, telling them that this law will keep us safe from future terrorist attacks or at least prevent some. So they, they did what they thought was the patriotic, you know, pun intended here, thing to do. And they passed the Patriot Act, which actually, in my opinion, and the opinion of many civil rights and human rights experts, undermines the, the, the due process, process that, that our Constitution provides. And what, what happens immediately after that, there was something called the NCERS program, which required uh, males from about 13 Muslim-majority countries who live in the U.S., uh, males anywhere from 16 and up, and sometimes even younger than that, to register with uh, the immigration services anywhere. At that time, there was the INS before it got changed. Uh, and it was a time of panic. You're talking about people who, who have been here in this country on permanent residency, green card, as it's referred to, dentists, professors. I know personally, these are dentists, professors, business owners, academics, who had to go and, and be mistreated. Some were detained because there was a, a minor infraction. Someone who changed their address and maybe forgot to renew it uh, with, with an agency, or because at one point actually it happened in LA, the computer systems uh, w- were down, uh, and then everybody who was there, uh, you're talking about almost in the hundreds, maybe six, seven hundred people who were in line at the building at the federal building in LA, registering, doing what they were asked to do. The computer system went down. Everybody was detained. There was a whole protest, a rally outside, Iranians and, and others uh, demanding their release. These, these were not criminals. These are people who, we were targeting the wrong people. The, 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 the terrorists certainly were not the ones working as professors. And, and these, are, these are people who have been in this country and contributing to this country. And of course, we need to be safe. Nobody's saying 
let's keep it without safety measures. But we can still do it in a way that would not undermine our image, our credibility, and the rights and dignity of people. So, yes, that is, I, I wanted to maybe build on that a little bit and, 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 and say how things have changed since then, because certainly uh, 9-11 was a turning point in, in, in our country's recent history. Uh, uh, in ways, many other incidents also have affected us, Pearl Harbor, Harbor and others. But there were other turning points that have made things a little bit more challenging to people in America and, have, and has polarized. You know, there was an event, and that event is the election of this new administration. Uh, when, when, when President Trump got elected, uh, he used fear uh, to polarize our country. Uh, he didn't, you know, I don't think he, he, he created racism or bigotry in this country. What he did in our country, he actually stoked the fires and fueled the fires of racism. He normalized uh, racism, something that was marginalized. It wasn't acceptable socially for people to express their hatred their racism against immigrants, blacks, Jews, Muslims, and so on. Now people felt empowered when they hear the, the commander-in-chief making comments like that about Muslim members of Congress. When he, make, when he talks about in his campaign that he would like to ban Muslims from coming to America, and then actually one of the first things he does when he gets elected, one of the very first executive orders he, he signs is the banning of of, of people from Muslim-majority countries, seven Muslim-majority countries, as realizing the promise he made uh, during the campaign. When he talks about he wants to register Muslims in America, uh, all this talk, or he, or he actually said, Islam hates America. You know, I don't know how that is. Islam is a religion. But, uh, I've never heard Islam speak. Uh, and Islam yeah. certainly existed uh, 1,400 years ago, way long before America or any other country had come to existence. But the point is, when we have a president who speaks to the lowest common denominator for people fear uh, and, 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 and allows for the, this polarization. Unfortunately, what we've seen is a rise in the number of hate incidents, not just against Muslims. I mean, we're dealing with ta- attacks on synagogues, temples, you know, the, the, almost two years ago in Pittsburgh, uh, the, the Tree of Life uh, t- temple was targeted. Many innocent people killed uh, a, a, a temple, a synagogue in, in near uh, San Diego in Poway. Uh, mosques, Sikh temples, black churches are being targeted. Now, I'm not saying the president himself is doing it, but he's fueling the climate and allowing that climate to exist in our country to the point where now, instead of having a president who unites us, who leads with wisdom, who actually celebrates our diversity, if there's anything, if somebody asks me, you know, can you name some of the most valuable things in America or America that, that America can provide to the world and offer to the world? I would say in addition to the Constitution and the freedoms, I would say, I would say this diversity, this beautiful diversity that you wouldn't see anywhere else. It is something to celebrate, not something to, uh, to utilize to divide us. Well, I, I, and I, I simply agree, but we have such polarization in our country today and people of all political uh, involvement seem to be stoking those fires too. And there are numbers of reasons for it, but one of them is I think that people see that our institutions are not working. Uh, The presidency is going one way or the other uh, without consulting Congress. Uh, Congress is abdicating responsibility. And I have a very good friend who's a federal judge who tells me, and I think he's right, that the judicial 
department is the most important part of our government because the presidency responds to the majority because the president gets elected by a majority and the Congress responds to a majority because they in turn get elected by majority votes. But it's only the judiciary that's able to stand up for individual freedoms, to stand up for minority rights. And like you were just saying with regard to uh, uh, these these various acts and, and the, the judge recently, say three weeks ago, uh, ended up standing up and taking CARE's position, which was for us all to say, no, no, we can't discriminate. We can't do those things because it's just innate. Uh, we look back to the Second World War, of course, after Pearl Harbor, a, a real black mark on the history of our country that I think everyone now agrees with uh, was the Korematsu, was the, the internment of Japanese Americans. It's taking a different force toward Muslims after 9-11. Uh, they haven't been internal, interned as such, although some were imprisoned, like you say. Some of them had their visas revoked. It's just shocking to me. Uh, Assam, to hear these stories that this would happen in our America. It just is not who we are. And we all need to function together to, to counteract this government action or any other action. And, and I do know that uh, CARE immediately, according to Dr. Siddiqui, uh, the day of or the day after 9-11, condemned those acts uh, in full, that, that CARE takes a position like all other humane and, and uh, uh, wonderful people, that any act against civilians uh, is uh, simply to be to be countered, to be to be uh, discussed uh, tremendously against. So that's basically what CARE is doing. How many chapters do you have of CARE now around the nation, Hassan? We have about 34 chapters or offices around the country in almost every major metropolitan city. Um, not all states, uh, but most major cities where there's a large Muslim community. Uh, there maybe for some people just maybe a, a, a good information to share. There are about six million American Muslims. One of the most actually it is, according to, to Pew and Gallup, it's the most diverse, ethnically diverse r religious community in America. Uh, almost twenty-five percent of the American Muslim community comes from uh, African American background. People like Muhammad Ali, people like Malcolm X type. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Keith Ellison, etc. Uh, people like, uh, and, and, and I will say about 30% come from South Asian background, Indian, Pakistani immigrants, Bangladeshis. Uh, about 25 to 30% of Middle Eastern background, and that is Arab-speaking countries, uh, Iran, uh, Turkey. Uh, and the rest are mixed. You know, one of the fastest growing segment within the American Muslim community is actually the Latino uh, Muslim community. Uh, nationwide now, it's, it's one of the fastest uh, growing segment, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that because I'm biased because I'm married into one, <laughs> but that is the case. Sure. Uh, it's, it's a lot of immigrants, uh, people who are like myself, who came to, to, to this country 20, 30, 40 years ago, uh, but also a lot of born and raised. Uh, Americans, uh, like my five kids, I have five kids born in this country, very proud American, but also proud of their heritage. They're proud of being Mexican, they're proud of being Arab, proud of being Syrian, Lebanese, Turkish, and proud of being Muslim. And this is the nice thing about America, where we are not ex ex expected to give up who we are. I'm, I'm so happy that I have uh, neighbors from Panama, I have neighbors who are from Brazil, originally, neighbors who are 
Irish. Maybe it's it's the, it's the beautiful thing. When I travel around the world and I do do a lot of traveling, I enjoy being there and I enjoy meeting the Bosnian community and the Turkish community and French and so on. But it's it is one community. You know, you don't get the the diversity, the beautiful diversity that we get here. It's something to really cherish and protect dearly. Boy, that and that's certainly true. And and you think of it this way: if if you or I were to move to Japan and live the rest of our lives there, we would never be known as Japanese. But if Japanese were to come here, they would be known as Americans. It's just it's unique and it's really gratifying and it's wonderful. I, I can change the subject a little bit, Hassam, uh, because sure. again on your website uh, it says that CARE supports the free enterprise system as well as the civil rights of all Americans regardless of faith, and and that's that's wonderful. But how did the free enterprise system get into your your website? Uh, along with civil rights. Uh, I, as a libertarian, of course, totally believe in the free enterprise system uh, with, some, with some monitoring. But, but uh, how did this end up in CARE's website? It's interesting. I think maybe because I wasn't one of those who were involved with the original founding of CARE. I joined in maybe a couple of years later on. But I can almost assume I know where it comes from. Uh, on, the, on the founding board of, of CARE... Uh, there were immigrants also, people who came from countries where they've seen the heavy hand injustice of governments, where governments try to control everything, your way of thinking, eating, living, worshipping. And as a reaction, they felt it is, you know, that, that is something to, to, to defend and protect in America. It exists. We have the basis for it. And we want, to, want it to be a, a force of goodness specifically in protecting that, because when we, when we lose that, when people lose their agency, uh, we have repression. And repression leads to injustice, leads to instability, leads to all forms of injustice, economic, social, political. So I think we felt that this is the foundation. This is, the, this is how we lift up the ceiling, keep it up as high as possible to ensure that people have agency. Uh, uh, because, again, Many people in America don't get to travel around. And I, when, when people complain, when, when, when I hear some, some of the people I meet with say, hey, you know, we, we can't solve all the world's problem. We don't need refugees. You know, we're sick and tired of having to deal with refugees from South America or Syria or Afghanistan. First, I remind them of the history of our country, who, especially the early Europeans who came to America, who were embraced initially by, by the Native Americans until we betrayed them. Uh, they were fleeing persecution. They came here seeking a life where government cannot oppress them, repress them, and force them to live or worship in a certain way. Uh, and this is how they worked together to build this country and eventually uh, uh, the Constitution uh, to be welcoming. And sometimes, quite often in our history, we've deviated from that, including during the Second World War, when, when Jewish refugees were escaping the, the crimes of the Nazis, we said no. I mean, we, people forget, you know, we, 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 we like to think of ourselves as the, the world saviors, but hey, we've, we've had our dark moments too. When, when these Jews were trying to come and seek haven in, in America and seek, seek uh, safety, we said yeah, no. Yeah, we, we turned that ship away. We yeah. did. And, and some of the arguments made, ironically, is that how do we know that they don't include among them Nazis, secret Nazis. These are the same arguments we made when, when Syrians were fleeing the repression and the brutality of Assad and the ISIS terrorists. Some of the arguments made by people who wanted to 
who said no to the refugees, was how do we know that they don't include ISIS terrorists among them? So what I, what I wanted to, to remind myself is, is and, and my fellow Americans, is that this compassion on which our country was built, should not, we should not lose that. These migrants who are coming uh, uh, to America, fleeing war in South America and Guatemala and other places, coming with their children, deserve a chance to be heard as they seek political asylum. Nobody, nobody has a, you know, a, a guaranteed right to stay in, but they have a right to be heard. And, and if, if they make the case, as many do, they should be treated the way our forefathers who came here were treated, and that is they were welcome and given a chance and opportunity to become uh, contributing Americans. Uh, you know, if, if we had said no to refugees and, and, and immigrants, we wouldn't have somebody like Steve Jobs, who is the, the son of a Syrian immigrant, uh, Mr. Jandali, who came from Syria. We wouldn't have uh, much of the Silicon Valley that we have today. We wouldn't have much of what America is. Otherwise, look, everybody, as you said earlier, everybody is either an immigrant or a descendant of an immigrant, unless they are from the Native American indigenous population, whom we owe so much and so greatly for bearing with us as we share their land. Well, and indeed so. And these are things, again, Hassan, we just need to remember as a country, as a people. Uh, I mentioned several times on our show here today that I've gone to your website to get information about CARES Vision, etc. Uh, what is the website for those people out there listening who would like to get more information? Uh, where can they go on the web to get that information, Hassan? They can visit either our national website, which is care.com, C-A-I-R.com, so www.care.com, or they can visit the California branch of CARE, which is uh, the, the one I, I, I had, and that is ca.care, so that's ca.cair.com, and they, they are more than welcome. I mean, CARE... Uh, while CARE focuses on the American Muslim community, uh, we, we, we are under no illusion that this is a Muslim issue. Civil rights, justice, equality, these are not exclusively Amer American Muslim values. These are American values. These are human values. Uh, and and we're honored to be able to, to, to play a small, humble role in preserving that for everyone in America. So certainly we invite uh, people to join in, and we do our, we're very proud of the base that we have in terms of membership, support. Some of our offices are, are, are headed by people outside of the Muslim faith. We, we have Jews who have care offices, we have Christians, we have people, I don't know of what faith, we don't ask people about their faith. Our staff is very diverse, even in our local office, uh, in, in California and in the Anaheim office, which covers the LA area. We have people of various diverse faith backgrounds, and, and we, we are a reflection of what America is. Uh, what brings us together is our commitment to preserving the rights, the dignity of every person in America. We hope to continue to do that, and, and we invite people to join us, uh, whether they are part of another organization, we would love to partner with them, or if they're not, they ho uh, we hope that they will find a good place, a good home for them in care. Well, this segment of All Rise is not entitled Care, A Force for Good for Nothing. Uh, what Hassam Ailush was just saying is, is absolutely true. And it was Franklin Roosevelt, of all people, that said that anyone that would deprive 
any one of us of our civil liberties would deprive them to all of us. Of course, he is the one that signed the papers to have the internment camps of the Japanese. So we need our institutions. And the institutions hold government accountable. Just like this lawsuit he was just talking about, we need these institutions. And you can say the NAACP or ACLU, I agree with them sometimes, don't agree with them others, but always tell them, I'm glad you're there because this holds government accountable, which we certainly need. Uh, in the couple of minutes relate, remaining to us, Hassam, uh, kind of take out your crystal ball. Uh, what do you see in our country about maybe five or ten years from now with regard to Islamic relations with the rest of the people in our country? Do you, do you see uh, the force is, is going in a positive direction now? Despite everything that looks grim currently, and I know if somebody is stuck in the, in the, in the weeds, things don't look good. However, on the long run, I'm very positive, very optimistic that things are going to get better. What we're going through is actually the last battle uh, for white supremacy. This, is a, this represents a, a small segment. This does not represent all white people. This does not represent all conservative people. I think we've lost civility because there was some hijacking that happened. Uh, I, I still look for the days when people can be differently or can think differently ideologically. I, I had great, great Republican friends, libertarians, liberals, leftists, socialists, Democrats, Republicans, and we got along. We'll sit down and debate things, and at the end of the day, we'll enjoy the coffee and the tea and whatever we're doing. Uh, we, we can't have that now. People are so polarized where either you're with me or with the enemy, quote-unquote. So if you don't agree 100% with me on my views then you're thrown in the other camp. This, this, this is not how we've operated. This is not the America that I fell in love with when I came in 30 years ago. I love the fact that my host family was a devout Christian family, uh, very conservative, uh, yet ensured that I have the space to do my prayers as a Muslim in their, in their house. They, they would make sure they had the alarm on to wake me up. And we've had beautiful discussions and deferred, and yet we, we had so much in common even when we disagreed on certain things. So I'm, I'm, I, I hope in the next 10 years, maybe not five years, uh, when, when we all realize when the diversity of our country will be reflected in Congress, in, in, in our places of power, in the White House, uh, then voices of extreme on all sides would feel more and more marginalized. Uh, it's going to take a while because when, when people are noticing things are changing, it's when they become more vocal and, and, and the loudest and most obnoxious. That's what we're dealing with now. That's why, unfortunately, the current administration has, has understood that as long as it plays into people's fear, it is getting votes. I hope it doesn't succeed in the next term. Uh, but if it does, this might be the last time we have a president who can succeed on playing on racial fear to get elected. I hope this would be the last chapter in our country's history. With that said, I know we don't have much time, but I, I really want to say something, how we can all make a difference. Every one of us can. You don't have to be a president. You don't have to be the head of an organization. Everybody from their role, whatever it is. Right after 9-11, and you, 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 you spoke a little bit about that early on when, when, during your introduction. When, when the voices of hate started targeting American Muslims and claiming that they are suspects, they're terrorists, they shouldn't be touched in America. They should be marginalized. Uh, 
we we host our annual event every year uh, 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 for care, and we usually get about two thousand people attending. As, and as you said correctly, as part of our religious tradition, we encourage people, or the tradition encourages people, to contribute to, to charity discreetly. When you help the homeless, you don't go and announce it. But sometimes it's good to do that publicly, as you did at one of the events. It meant well, the world to people who were sitting there. When you and few other elected officials, you know, obviously, you as a judge, uh, showed up, you, you, you were busy, but you said, I'm going to make a point to be at this care event where 2,000 mostly Muslims are sitting there because I want to send the message of solidarity. We're in it together. I will not allow for anyone to target my brothers and sisters who we're happen here. to be Muslim in this case. And Hassan, you up, thank you. Thank you, you so much. publicly. Thank you. What you do, you're an articulate American, and we thank you for what you're doing. Care is a force for good. So there you have it. We, we've, we have been speaking as brothers. We all in our country should be able to discuss anything and all things. So we do that on All Rise. We hope you join us again next week where we'll do the same thing. In the meantime, this is Judge Jim Gray saying thank you and life is good. Thanks for listening today. All Rise, the Libertarian Way with retired Judge Jim Gray can be heard every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We know you'll want to join us again next week and tell your friends that help is on the way. Strengthen my bonds, that help us control. We are American law. Strengthen my bonds, that help us control.